Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Scully? Yes? Marry me. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. I love that woman. I love her more than sharks love blood. I love you. You don't. Hello, I'm Tristan Riddell. And I'm the girl. And this is Nerd Nuptial episode 124. If this is your first time listening, we are a married couple who looks at life through a nerdy lens. How are you doing today? We're good. Um, are we? We are. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> because last week, not so much. Not so much. We missed an episode. Not because we didn't want to. Not because the spirit wasn't willing. It's because you and uh, Ripley were really sick. Oh like, my gosh. Really sick. Like whatever you're imagining. Yeah. Triple it. Yeah. That's how bad we were. So we really do apologize. Whenever mm-hmm. we miss a week, it's always because of something serious. I think we had a good <laughs> Not ex- something serious, but like right. it's always because well, of something external forces, but usually not something this serious. Yeah, I mean This was crazy. You were in the ER. And, and so, so was, was the Ripley. Baby. So it was lots of fun for me. It was a lot of fun for you because <laughs> I was in the ER Saturday night. Yeah. She was in the ER Sunday night. Right. And we normally record Sundays. And we were planning and on recording Mondays. about the Oscars on Sunday night, like after we watched them. No, I was in the ER with her. So, it was, yeah. <laughs> it took. <laughs> so, yeah, I was. I couldn't go with you Mm-mm. because I was so ill. Yeah. So, you had to go with your, with your parents to the ER to take Ripley. And uh, the Oscars were going on. I wasn't watching because I was just. I was like, I'm, I was only going to watch with you yeah but i would see it pop up on twitter and i text you every once in a while who was winning (laughs) and i'm pretty sure i didn't get those texts yeah i just (laughs) because i I think i did it once or twice and then after i did that i was just like what am i doing (laughs) what am i think about where she is right now yeah (laughs) no ripley and i were watching frozen for the billionth time (laughs) and moana (laughs) it's uh it was it was rough. Yeah, we yeah. had we had a stomach virus, so it's just Yeah, were it wasn't the flu, it was a stomach virus and it was just it it was just everything happened at once. And like we thought Ripley was more ill and then you got more ill than Ripley and then it was just it was kind of a nightmare. I'm not gonna lie. It was a nightmare weekend. And this weekend we ate up for it. Yeah, we had a great weekend yeah, this weekend. And luckily it was, you know, you guys got over it within a week, but it took like a full week to get over it. To get fully like, mm, yeah. And that, that's another thing is that like, even if I was feeling better, my voice was completely gone. It was completely gone. Like even my other show, my Star Trek show, Punch It, writing in Star Trek, yeah. which everyone should go to the nerdparty.com and check it out. I had to cancel that even though I was feeling better because I had no voice. Nope. I had zero yeah. voice. So if you're out there not feeling so well and just maybe listening to our voices... We feel for you. We do We've feel for you. We've been there. It sucks. A lot yeah. of people are getting sick around this time. It's terrible. All over the world. Yeah, it's horrible. It absolutely is horrible. But so. I want to thank everybody 
who uh, wished me and Ripley well on yes. Instagram and Twitter and everything like that. It was um, very nice. I didn't give a lot of details, uh, but I gave some, like while I was in it, like after we started feeling better, I gave everybody a little bit more details online. But uh, thank you everybody for the emails and the messages mm-hmm. and the well wishes. Yeah, absolutely. So we missed the Oscars. Yes. And there was, we. I was wrong with a lot of my predictions. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was kind of like, hilarious how wrong we were and also hilarious that best picture was green book and the one one film film we did not watch yeah we had like like what was it like two or three that we had not seen and two okay and that was the one that won (laughs) and like and vice was the only one was the other one that we hadn't seen but no one thought vice was gonna win but i was i was convinced it was gonna either gonna be roma or the favorite because i thought all the behind the scenes drama with green book about how like the the family that it's that is the family of the individual that it's based on all rejected the story said that's not how it happened yeah and like all this other stuff that i don't even want to go into right now about all the drama behind that i thought it was gonna just people are just gonna go oh no like well and also everyone we talked to who had seen it didn't really like it they called it uninspiring they were just like yeah "Eh." So the fact that it won, we were just like, what? <laughs> but the thing is, we, <laughs> we haven't seen, seen it, it, so we can't really judge it because we haven't seen it. We can't comment on it. All that we it. know is like what people have told us, and that's not fair because no. we often have different opinions. So we will watch it when it comes out. Eventually. Eventually. Maybe when it comes to streaming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's and like and also because I was convinced Roma was going to win, I still think Roma should have well, won. Well, he won Best Picture. I mean, Best Director. He Sorry. won Best Director. It yes. also won Best Foreign Language Film. Right. But this was a prime opportunity for this would have been the first non English film, non non English speaking film to win Best Picture. Okay. If it won. Oh wow. That wow. would have been huge. That would have been huge. Yeah, absolutely. And Olivia Coleman won for Best Actress. Yes, I was happy about that. I was excited about that. That one we predicted. We did. Um, but then basically everything else. Rachel Weisz and uh, Emma Stone did not, not win. win. It was and Regina we, I King. Was, I was kind of bummed about that because I really like both of them. But Regina King was in If Beale Street, uh, was in Bill Street, and we didn't we see, didn't that, see one that one either. So we can't judge it. We can't judge that so either. So <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be like, oh, I'm too, I'm sad that they, you know. Rachel Weisz and Emma, you know, Stone didn't get it because I don't, I don't know how she did. She could have, she could have done a, a lot of people thought she did a better job. So exactly. Who, so, like we, we aren't, we, and that's kind of was so our sorry. Oscar experience. <laughs> is that like the stuff that won is the stuff that we hadn't seen, and so right. that's why we need to try so hard this year to try I know, to see. We tried really hard though. We did we really did? We really did. You know, with the factor of having a kid, and you know, you don't have like all the time in the world to go to movies and. Or the money, the extra money just to go to movies. You know, we did, we did our best. We Okay, so I there was two things that were important to me Okay. about the Oscars. Yes. And you asked me about this last I episode. I did. And I said, <laughs> I, said um, I said, first reformed, better win best original screenplay. Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody better not win best editing. What two things happened? Yeah, so... Bohemian Rhapsody won, won for best editing, which is hilarious. And First Reformed didn't win right. for best original screenplay. Right. Wasn't it Green Book? It was Green Book. And we're like, cool, whatever. We can't. Ah, oh, frustrating. Just, it's so frustrating. Like those right. are the two. I like. I've never once 
actually had the thought of, as long as this doesn't win, I'll be right, happy. Right, right. Like, that's so mean. <laughs> that, I know it's mean. I know it's mean. But that's how much I... F- that's how how horrible the edit... I just... I don't understand how people thought... How the Academy and the Academy voters thought that that it deserved best editing. It's 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 become a joke online about how hor- people are sharing scenes. Really? They're ripping scenes from the movie, putting on Twitter and saying, do you really think this is well edited? And it's just nonsense. There's like 15 cuts in 20 seconds. Oh my gosh. Or like 30 seconds or something like that. But uh, best actor went to... Um, Marshall Ali. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, no, that was wait, supporting. No, I'm sorry, was, that was supporting. I thought supporting. it was, wait, I thought it was Rami. It's Rami Malik. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I got my yeah, supporting. Yeah, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got that. I was happy about that. Yes, yeah. I think that's... A positive note from Bohemian Rhapsody. For the po- po- yes, a positive <laughs> note from Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the best part about it. <laughs> that was the best thing. And that's the thing, is that, like, I don't think... Of course, everybody has their own opinions, but of I course. think it's universally, I think, accepted that he did a fantastic job mm-hmm. in a mediocre movie. Yeah. It was right actor, wrong movie. Yes. I think. I think so too. And I, a couple days after he won the Oscar, he was in negotiations to be the next villain in the next Bond film. Which is fantastic. That's, that's just, so cool. That's just so cool. <laughs> right. I mean, who doesn't want to be a Bond villain? Right? That's, like, that'd that be has fantastic. To be more fun. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Villains are so much more fun to play. I think we had um, in Skyfall, we had Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. And I felt he, I felt like he brought something special to it. And I feel like Rummy will have that same kind of that same kind of quality of this like when you see someone, you know that they're gonna bring something different. Mm-hmm. And um Christopher oof, what's his name? Oh my gosh, the guy who was the last villain who played um Blofeld. He was in <laughs> um Oh, um, this is this is I know what you're painful. talking about. because uh, he's in like a bunch of um he was in that oh my <laughs> this gosh is so this is sad. really bad this is so sad i can't believe it's christoph it's Chris- it's not christopher christoph. it's christoph waltz. waltz waltz i cannot believe i blanked so hard on him <laughs> like okay like he was born to be a bond villain Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that when he was cast, you knew exactly what you were going to get. Mm-hmm. When oh, ha- yeah, when sure. Javier Bar- and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad no. thing. But I think with Malik and Bardem, you're not quite sure what they're going to do. Yeah, Or what they that. were going to or what he was going to do and what Rami's going to do. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, but I was excited about that win. Um, but And I was also excited about Best Director win because yes, I really Cuaron. felt like he deserved that and we love his work and it won best cinematographer yeah and it should have and he was the cinematographer oh he was yeah oh, i didn't realize that yeah yeah he was originally it was he was going to um he was he was going to be with um emmanuel lubeski i think that's how you say his name i'm i'm getting names all wrong um <laughs> sorry guys. who's a, who's a genius <laughs> yeah sorry guys uh he's a genius cinematographer and he's he's been it's his cinematographer for a long time but he was unavailable so he's like he's like he's like fine screw it i'll just do it myself and he won the oscar oh my gosh that's fantastic yeah yeah so he got best foreign language it was beautiful best director and best cinematographer (laughs) it was beautiful that's amazing so good for him so okay he he won all of those with a netflix that's right a netflix movie yes he did is it a movie the girl is is it a movie okay you 
Okay, so recently, was it in the past week? Uh, just the past couple of days okay. from recording this and from the release, Steven Spielberg announced that he was going to try to introduce some new rules and qualifications to limit streaming services being able to be qualified for Academy Awards. So, meaning, like, basically, you cannot submit your movie. It's it's not so much that. Like, the headlines and reporters are trying to kind of running with it and saying, like, oh, Spiel- Spielberg is saying that streaming doesn't count. What Spielberg is trying to do is there is – it's – you can only be qualified for the Oscars if you have a theatrical run of a couple of weeks, I think. It's either two, it's less than a month. Okay. I can't remember the exact number, but it's less than a month. It only has to be a couple of weeks. Okay. And so you can have a limited run. Like Roma had a very limited run. It was less than a month in the theaters and it was only on 100, screen, 100 screens. Okay. And that's that's very small. It is. Basically, just so that they could qualify. Exactly. That's the thing. Okay. They only they did the bare minimum just so that they could qualify for the Academy Awards, and they did. And honestly, why wouldn't you just do that? Right. That kind of film, because you are Netflix. So, if you want to be considered, do the requirement that's mm-hmm. required of you, and then see where it goes. And, that's and it what obviously, benefit them. They did. They did the requirements. Right. Those are the requirements laid forth by the Academy. And Spielberg is not happy with that. He wants it to be at least a month in a wide release to be qualified for the Oscars. So he's not saying that streaming films can't do it. He's saying that it needs to be at least a month with a wide release. And a lot of people are upset with that because some people are saying like, well, that's old style thinking. Like, what does it matter? Like, what does the distribution of a film matter? And... Um, because some people are saying that the directing, producing, writing, editing, costume design, makeup design, acting, you need the same level of talent mm-hmm. in order to make a great film, even if it's on streaming. Right. It's not like because it's distributed on distributed on streaming, it's less quality. Right. And other people are saying, well, no, like including Spielberg is saying when you devote yourself to a streaming format, it's made for TV. It's a TV format, so you made it made for TV movie, a direct-to-video movie, not a theatrical release. And so you belong at the Emmys, not at the Oscars. Hmm. That's his line of thinking. And so if you want to be considered for the Oscars, you need to have a wide release with more than a month in the uh, in the theatrical run. And on top of that, on top of that, I forgot about this, there's a ninety like there's a ninety day um waiting period of exclusivity for theaters. So if you want to release in theaters, you have to wait ninety days before you release on streaming. Oh, wait, that already exists or it's it's how do I phrase this? It's uh Or is that a rule he's trying to make? There's there's certain there's certain theaters that will only take films if they're not going to be on streaming or not going to be on DVD for 90 days. Okay. Because the theaters want that exclusivity because they're like, if a person knows that it's available on streaming a week later, why would they come to the theaters to see it? Right. But if they have that 90-day waiting period, then... They want to be a part of the conversation. Exactly. 100%. Okay. And so I think I don't think that's part of uh, Academy rules. I think that's just a theatrical rule, but that could be tied up in all of this well we kind of did that with um annihilation 
where we were like interested in the film and we knew that like overseas they were going to get it on mm -hmm. Netflix, but we weren't. And so we were like, well, we want to be a part of the conversation. Although at that time, it really wasn't a huge conversation to be had. Yeah. Um, I think it's become more of a favorite later on. Yes. But, um, Once it was released, but we released were like, on video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we were like, well, even if it does come, I want to see it now. So I do understand that logic mm -hmm. and maybe to like keep the cinema experience going yeah. because of the direction we are going where, you know, we are having Academy Awards recognize best director from a streaming service, but he also, they also got a really fantastic director. Right. It's Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> right. So. Like he's not. He's deserving. He's not making Samurai Cop here. Right. Like he's, he's making Roma. <laughs> right. So, okay. So. What do you, how do you feel about Spielberg's, you know, here, thoughts on that? Here, I, I have, um, I'm of two minds. Okay. Nothing that Spielberg has said is inherently wrong. Okay. I think it is, like, when you devote yourself to a streaming format, your, your, your mainline distribution is the home. Mm -hmm. It's the television. Mm -hmm. It's the home experience. It's the home theater experience. And so there is a huge argument to be made that, yeah, it's a made-for-TV movie. And I'm okay with that. To, to the idea that Roma is made for television? Sure. Does that mean it's any less of a great movie? No. Does it mean that it's any less than a great directorial um, presentation? No. Is it less uh, well-edited? No. That's the thing is that... I don't think Spielberg is wrong in calling it a TV format, but I also think that w things are changing. Times are changing. Mm -hmm. The media landscape is drastically different than it was even 10 years ago, five years ago even, mm -hmm. and we need to change with it. It's time to remove the stigma of made-for-TV. We're in the golden age of television. We are in a post-Breaking Bad world. Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad was one of the best TV shows in the past 25 years. It elevated the medium and TV has become a huge contender getting more talent behind the camera and in front of the camera. Right. With streaming like Amazon and Hulu and Netflix, mm -hmm. we are getting that same kind of talent and they're making films. Right. Instead of just an episodic format. Right. And so I think, me personally, is that, okay, if they're going to do a film format as in 90 minutes or more, Mm-hmm then it should be considered for uh, any award that it needs to be considered for, regardless of theatrical distribution, because they don't give Oscars away for best distributed film. Right, right, yeah. That That's my thought process, too, is, like, things are changing. Like, if you had asked me that, like, 10 years ago, I would have been like, no, like, no. But also look at the quality 10 years ago of a... You know, what What did Netflix look like 10 years ago? It's very different than it mm -hmm. is today. So, I mean, clearly they made Roma to be a contender for the Oscars. I mean, they put all of their energy into that to be the best picture or a best picture nominee, right? right? So, I don't really care how we get great movies as long as we get great movies. So, like, what does it really matter? And, like, I mean... Yes, like I understand the idea of like, okay, well, it should be distributed, but 
does that, like you said, does that really matter when it comes to like the best director, the best movie, the best picture? You know, does it? I don't think it does. It's, it's, here's the thing. Like if it was a different kind of director, if it wasn't Spielberg who was suggesting these changes because he's on the board, mm-hmm. um, clearly. Right. You'd think it would be because of a lot, like they don't want the competition. But it's Spielberg. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't care need, about... He doesn't need... Yeah. He doesn't need the accolades. Right. It's not a competition thing for him. It's his... I, I'm not... I'm not. This is going to be very insulting, but I, it's an old man's vision of what he grew up with. He wants to preserve the theatrical experience as much as possible. Well, I think that's a lot of what the Academy does, right? In its own way. The I think some people... That, that's some people's belief is that... The Academy is you like the Academy is there to promote theater driven films. But I see the the Academy as and like and the beauty of what they do with archival, mm-hmm. you know, like they're 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 archivists of films. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter if they're they're distributed via theater or via streaming or via direct DVD or whatever. I don't I don't like as long as they, they can store the prints, mm-hmm. then it doesn't really matter. And but like some people leave, like no, the academy is there to promote the theatrical experience, and it's just, you know, Spielberg absolutely loves it. Like he he's kind of like the polar opposite of Lucas. Lucas is just like whatever, like digital, great. Let's home theater, THX home theater, boom, do it. Um, like mm-hmm. however you want right. to consume movies, consume movies as long as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Spielberg is like no. We need to be sitting in a dark room with a bunch of strangers and then project light through celluloid. That's what a theater is supposed to do. And that's how. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You get awards and I, it's just, yeah. you know. And I think, I think when it comes to that type of thinking, I feel I, like you do where I think you have to adapt and change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that in any field, right? You have to adapt and change with the times. And obviously Netflix is a a new beast in that realm where it wasn't really even a thought a few years ago that they would be submitting to the Oscars, but now they are. So now it has to be a consideration. Now now do I think that it would be possible like that they might need to have like more time in the theater? Like Sure, they make that requirement or whatever. Netflix is big enough. I think they can handle that. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think that you might be missing out on films like Roma because a lot of the general audiences, I don't necessarily think would like go and buy a ticket for Roma. That's the thing. So then you're missing out on some really fantastic, you know, experience in in cinema because it's a smaller film. Like, not everything has to be as epic as Jurassic Park or these huge blockbusters. And for us, that's kind of, we kind of feel like what we go see the theater for is something that we need to see on the big screen. Roma, you do not need to see on the big screen because it was meant 
for the television screen. But it doesn't mean that it's any less than the movies that we saw on the big screen this year. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was probably better. So well, you thought it was the best made of twenty. Oh yeah, for for sure. And it's it's interesting because there are people who are listening to this podcast, and there are people who are a part of the nerd party who are such hardcore theatrical lovers. Mm. And there's Lee Hutchison, mm-hmm. who is listening right now as I speak, <laughs> and is, is shifting in his seat because he's frustrated about what we're saying about the theater. Um <laughs> And like many of you, I'm sure. Like many of, like many of you, and that's yeah. the thing. It's all come down, comes it down comes, to personal opinion. preference, yeah. and opinion, just and like a, movies. Like yeah. why I think Roma was the best, and some other person might not. So that's fine. Lee is, um, he has a cinema pass, and he goes to festivals all the time. And you should, you should check out his show. Yes, his, his two shows, filibuster as well as uh, a, the A24 project. Yeah, um, because he. He represents the Nerd Party at a lot of festivals, interviews a lot of great people, sees everything that you could possibly think of, and he wants to see it in the theater. If he's going to see a movie for the first time, he wants to see it in the theater. There's a movie, 8th grade, the movie Mm -hmm. 8th grade. He still has yet to see 8th grade because it wasn't released in the UK for a long time, and it's been released, but things keep popping up, like where he can't see it, but at any time (laughs) he could go rent it. Okay. But he refuses to do that. Because he wants to see it in Because he the wants theater. to see it in the theater. And also, he was in the States when, oh, it, was, yeah. when we it was were... released on video. Oh, really? And all he had to do was go on <laughs> Amazon Prime and watch it. And he's like, Well, no. we actually saw him last winter. And he was going to see a, a movie on his you know, vacation. On his vacation. He yeah, was go see on some his holiday. Movies. So it's like, you know, and we, we don't do that. No. We're a completely different beast when it comes to that. Like we, if we could watch every single movie in our bed, in our bedroom, like with no one there, we would do that. 100% (laughs) because we have a gigantic TV. Yes. We have a great sound system that's surround. Right. Uh, The TV is OLED, so it's perfect contrast and perfect color. I can be in my pajamas. I could be. No one's texting. Exactly. No one's talking. No kids are screaming. No one smells. Well, maybe ours. Maybe our kids. And so I don't need the theatrical mm-hmm. experience. If I could watch Avengers Endgame at home, I would. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But I do understand people's love of being included in that group experience. Yes. I totally get it. For us, we would rather be comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> and not have other people like maybe possibly the possibility of tainting a viewing experience for us is way stronger than being like a part of the camaraderie of, you know, being like, oh my gosh, did they just having that yeah, experience? Does that just happen? Yeah, we we would much rather just be comfortable, but that's our personality. Mm-hmm. That's not everyone. I mean, I'm sure some people are listening right now. They're like, no, that's not me. I want to be. I want to go opening night so I know exactly how people feel. I want to be a part of it. I want to be have a first opinion. I totally get that. But that's not us. No. So I think it, that kind of comes down to it too. And I think it also has to do with tradition, right? Like this is the way you see movies. You know, as kids, if we didn't see a movie in theater, then it would be a very long time until you got to watch that again. So it felt like forever. It felt like forever. Yeah, and it was a really big deal if you like bought the VHS because those things cost a lot of money back then. There were times when <laughs> a, a VHS would cost 50 bucks. Exactly. So 
I think that there also is that kind of thought process of like kind of preserving that idea of like, no, going to the movies, going to the movies is something special. Yes. Right? Yes. So I totally understand both sides, but we both, I think this is what I'm getting at. We both definitely probably side with let Netflix do what they want to do. <laughs> and and that's the thing is that like it feels petty because Netflix followed the rules. Mm-hmm. They followed the requirements. The Academy said, this is what you have to do to be considered. And they're like, okay, we'll do that. Right. And so when they won huge at the Oscars, they moved the goalpost. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem fair to me. Like, I think... I think that that does come across as very petty at this point. Like post-Oscars, it's almost like Spielberg saying, no, 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 everyone who won for Roma, you shouldn't have won. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair. No. Like that's very petty. And it's not like he had a a dog in the game here. It's just, it seems like, you know, it's not like he was considered for an award. Mm It just seems like, okay, so now that we've established that this is okay, now we're taking it back. Like, yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because Amazon Prime has won Oscars. Hulu mm-hmm. has won Oscars for documentaries. Mm-hmm. And now Netflix has won Oscars for Best Foreign Language and Cinematography and directing. And, and uh, I think Short, I think I saw that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, Short Documentary. One thing that uh, I never pronounced her name correctly, Ava DuVernay, okay. DuVernay, the director of Selma and the 13th. Um, in Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. she uh, has done work with Netflix and she's on the board. And she is saying that by trying to silence Netflix, you are inadvertent- inadvertently silencing minorities because streaming platforms have given minority voices, you know, like people of color, women, people with dis- disabilities, the a platform, a much larger platform that otherwise they wouldn't have access to because it's very hard to get a four-week distribution deal for wide-release films if you're not already an an established power. And who is an established power? White, older men. Interesting. And so it's, I like, I am sure that that is not Spielberg's intent whatsoever, but... But it needs to be... It, recognized it needs to be recognized right and it before needs to be something considered. right before some decision is made yeah absolutely and so she will bring that to the table like when they have this discussion when he proposes these rules she is going to say uh hold up like mm-hmm. think about this and she's right yeah think it's just think about roma like i know I we keep going back to roma yeah. but like like would would roma have gotten a wide release. I don't think it would have. I think it would have got a limited release because it's a foreign language film and not many foreign language films get wide release in the States. No. No, it's true. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. You'd see it in art houses. You'd see it in New York and Los Angeles and that's about it. Right. And I mean, you think about the nominations, like putting those people on the map, like now we know who those people are who are involved versus like you just see the same actors and actresses nominated whereas like Roma actually like brought us some new faces to the nominees so it was like and minorities so it's one of those things where it's like (sighs) embrace the times are changing it's don't be bitter right that something won 
And so you have to move the goalposts so they don't win again or make it harder to win again. Right. And I think like here's the thing is that they're not necessarily arguing that it wasn't a good picture. It's just I think because it comes out of this powerhouse called Netflix that makes all this money but does it in a different way and not through their their means, I think that that's part of it too. It makes me feel – it reminds me of when um, – I can't remember if this was in Chicago or New York – where the taxi driver union tried to get Uber outlawed. Okay, right. It's just because everybody was flocking to Uber because it was better, it was faster, it was easier. Mm -hmm. And instead of taxi drivers just adapting, instead of services being more like Uber or doing something different or doing something new, they try to move the goalpost Mm -hmm. and get it outlawed or make it harder for people to have the choice. Right. And here's the thing is that Whatever Spielberg, like say that Spielberg gets his law, it gets his rules passed. Mm-hmm. It's not it doesn't mean that we're going to get less Netflix films. It just means that it's going to be harder for them to get nominated. Right. And it's an award. It doesn't mean that the movie doesn't exist. Right. Exactly. It's just recognition for work. Yeah. And so, is this the end of the world? No. And I was talking with Mike Schindler who's also on the network and you can check out his shows at the nerdparty.com and you can check out check us out on social uh, by going to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. You can find all those handles at the nerdparty.com. And he is in theater distribution. That is his profession. Mm-hmm. And it's he he's such a valuable he has such valuable insight uh in into these matters and I asked him that sp- we don't have that we don't right. have. And I asked him specifically about the 90-day thing about the 90-day exclusivity, Mm -hmm. I said, I was like, how do you feel about that? And he said, he's like, well, we're all talking about it. It's the most talked about topic. He said, he's like, that number keeps shrinking and shrinking because people want home releases as soon as possible. Okay. He says, it's making it harder to get smaller films into the theater. Oh, interesting. And uh, he says, but the thing is, is that he's like, I'm talking with my boss who's been in the industry for a very, very long time. This is me speaking at Schindler. And he says, he's like, his boss says, I've seen the quote-unquote death of theater a handful of times and we're still here. Okay, interesting. So years ago, Spielberg once made a prediction that um, movies, theatrical movies, would get more and more expensive and be only tentpole films. So you like it would be like going to Broadway. Okay. So it would be like $50 to $100 per ticket. Okay. And it would you would only see like Avengers mm-hmm. in the theater, right? Medium and low would be home distribution, and I think he is. I don't know if he's scared of that happening because he makes big films, mm-hmm. or or what, or if he's trying to save the smaller films because, according to Chandler, if that ninety day gap is shrinking, then the smaller films then the smaller are not films going, are going to sacrifice, be right? Sacrificed. Or they're going to go to a different platform, exactly, right? And I'm also a, like, I I want more medium films. I want more smaller films. But I am 100% okay with them being on streaming. I'm going to access them more if they're on streaming. If there is a medium or smaller film that's going to have a theatrical release, I'm not going to see it. Yeah. I'm not going to see it. Well, because, I mean, it's not like Spielberg's, Spielberg's wrong. You know, I mean, when we go to the theater, it costs us... 20 a piece 20 if we a piece, see it in Dolby. And more and more of the theaters around us are going to the whole dine-in. Mm-hmm. So 
we could end up going to see a movie and it costing us like 70 bucks. Easy. Easily. Because all the food is jacked up super high. So if you want to have the whole experience, then you're looking at you're looking at a night basically. Yeah. Like if you wanted to go through like a local theater, you know, we have some around here that are not like super high end, but like they're they're good theaters. Mm-hmm. Like and I'm talking about like like acting like theater like stage theaters like it would cost you that much to go see a show so it's kind of the same like it's he's right yeah i mean and that's the thing is that (laughs) i'm okay with it i kind of am too (laughs) is that terrible (laughs) well no it's just like if like like with lee hutchison like he has a cinema pass pays a monthly fee we have yet to get a service in the states that is reliable for that yeah except for like an amc card i think that they're, they're starting to do that now um and so, like, it's, it's like he can go see everything. Everything. He's like, I'll go see it. Like, I have a pass. I can go see it as many times as I want every mm-hmm. day. Right. And if you had something like that, then yeah, we would go to the we would go to the movies a whole lot more, and we'd spend that money on that food. We'd spend that money on that popcorn, and the theaters would make their money back. Right. Um. But I'm not like, like I'm not gonna go see a Seth Rogen comedy. For 20 bucks a pop. No. For multiple reasons. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Right. And just like, and that's the thing though, is so many people are saying like, oh, well then you're the problem as to why medium and smaller films are suffering. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of am. I'm sorry. Yeah, you kind of own up to it. I am. I own up to it. I am the problem. I am the person who is pushing the medium and smaller films out of the theater. But I think it's also a matter of like the fact that we do have... We do have Netflix and, and, you know, Amazon Prime and Hulu and these places that are making quality products now. And so times are changing as well. So adapting with the times means that things will change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, from Nerd Nuptials perspective, I feel like we'll see more smaller films if they come in those forms because just our lifestyle, we have to it takes a lot of work to go to the theater and it costs a lot of money to go to the theater. So I think that's part of it as well. But if we had, if if we had all the time we had a cinema pass, we would totally use it. Yeah. But I, I do feel like we're okay with the change. I want to end on an anecdote. Okay. So, um, growing up, my, my family was very, kind of stereotypical in in movie choice like we watch movies constantly mm-hmm. and, you know sometimes once a day all week mm-hmm. like we, that's what we did as a family you you guys have heard me talk about that several times before and we uh, like we mainly watch like comedies and action and adventure and family films and everything like that and you know my mom and dad would watch drama and uh we'd watch sci-fi together and everything like that but there was no indie there was no foreign films or anything like that growing up mm-hmm and you know i never really thought my parents had like the like a uh, the the urge to do that like when i got older i would go to the library i would try to find some of those indie films some of those foreign films and come home and watch them because i was so interested in film well the other week just a couple of weeks ago my parents had was having an issue with their streaming service mm-hmm. i think it was amazon prime and they're like there was a film we started to watch but we can't remember what it was can you look it up for us and so i went and um and like looked up their history and it was filled with german films and asian films and spanish films and 
independent movies. And I was just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I called them up and I said, I was like, when did this start? They're like, well, we never had access to it before. Mm, interesting. And that just kind of blew my mind that I had, I had no idea that my parents would have ever enjoyed these films. But because they had access to them through a streaming service, they gobbled it up. Right. Would they go to the theater and see that? No. Right. And is that available in the theater? No. Well, I even think about the days when we would go through Blockbuster, right? Or like Family Video or whatever, and going through the aisles and stuff. And I mean, when it came to like watching things as a family and deciding what we were going to watch, we often would go to like the favorite section mm -hmm. that we had seen a bunch of times, right? Or it was the back wall, which all where had all the new releases. So... Those all those other ones that maybe had like, you know, the new releases, like if it was a big movie, would have like probably like 20 copies. And then you'd have like an independent film that had like one copy. Like you had like, yeah, we have it, but, you know, mm -hmm. there's one copy of it. It's not like my parents would have been like, yeah, I'm going to grab that one because the, the quantity meant quality and sometimes popularity. It, it meant popularity. Well, to them, do you yeah, know what I'm to saying? Them, to them, yes, right, yes. Okay, right. Because yeah. like, okay, well, if they if they're gonna buy all these to to rent out, then it has to be somewhat good or safe. Mm -hmm. So, I and I I think that we're guilty of that as well. Like we watch a whole lot more independent things now at home than we ever would have if we were in that same environment that we grew up in, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Because you'd have to pay per. Purchase, you, exactly. like, a, a pay per purchase. You pay per watch. Right. You pay per opportunity to watch. Just right. like when we're renting stuff on iTunes, which is now six dollars <laughs> to rent. <laughs> right. Like we have to really want to watch that. Yeah. And not wait until streaming. Right. But the thing is, with streaming, you pay twelve bucks a month, and it's you know like you have that mentality of it's free when I watch it. Right. Even I mean, though you're, you're paying, paying for it, but you're paying it like for pennies on the dollar right. if you use your service every day. Exactly. And that's that mentality. And so when you go from 20 bucks a ticket down to $6 a watch, mm -hmm. down to 3 cents a watch. Yeah. You're yeah, yeah. you're going to watch more that way. It's true. So we need to embrace that streaming service and not move the goalpost. Yeah. Now you know, let us know. What do you think about this? Are we crazy? Are we crazy? Are we are we we're the problem? We're the ones killing, you know, the, the cinema theaters, ex yeah. yeah, the cinema experience and you know, not that we don't enjoy the cinema experience, but we do enjoy watching at home a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> are you just like us? And yeah, like if you could take away all the people from viewing a movie, you would totally do that. Um, let us know. Yeah, let us know by writing us by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact. Select Nerd Nuptial from the drop-down menu. Fill out the form. It'll send us an email. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thenerdparty or twitter.com at joinnerdparty. And as also, we're on Instagram. And so please let us know. We've talked a lot about it. Um, I don't think Spielberg is a villain. I think he's a little bit of an old man yelling at a cloud. But... I want to say something positive and <laughs> it's escaping me. So, well, I think I think it's one of those things where there's probably not a right or wrong because there's so many sides of this issue, mm -hmm. right? So, we love movies. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I love you. I know. Scully? Yes. Marry me. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. I love that woman. 
I love her more than sharks love blood. I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.